So one other thing that we definitely need to talk about, because you have firsthand experience, and I want to learn more about this, mm -hmm. is your experience. Okay, you've made Blue Revolver. You're ready to go. You're ready to release. What has your experience been on the sales, marketing, getting it out there, getting it in people's hands side of things? I imagine that is a massive challenge and undertaking for an indie developer. Definitely. People talk about discovery a lot, discoverability. But one thing that I think is really important, I think people's purchasing and discovery habits regarding games, I think they're all wrong. I think people I now, agree. they go to like, I think they go to Steam or whatever, and they've got one of two fantasies in mind. The really stupid people, they think that it's just going to magically like spit the perfect game at them, just sight unseen. And the slightly less stupid people, they think that if they do this, they can have like a bird's eye view of every game that's coming out when there's just too many games. You can't do that. So you do have to rely on like reviewers and like websites and magazines and podcasts and these sorts of things. And then we're talking about genre literacy, which is a huge problem for shooting games. You know who is probably the biggest number one way to discover shmups mm -hmm. is Jamers, his channel. So many people, including myself, discover shmups via Jamers' channel, mm -hmm. like obscure shmups, Ten and Till, for instance. Like he's probably one of the biggest sources for like discoverability for your game is if Jamers plays your game and puts it on his channel. Yeah, and that's definitely the case, but I feel like even that can only go so far compared to like like a write-up in a magazine or a, a website or a, like a discussion on a podcast because I feel like gameplay footage, it says a lot, but it says it can only say like a very narrow amount of itself. I, in terms of genre literacy, I have this really vivid memory of Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and we got a mention in there, which I'm very grateful for that. I think it was when our demo came out or perhaps at release. And I remember this very vividly because the mention mostly talked about the f movie Shoot 'em Up, which came out at about the same time because they didn't really know how to approach a game like this. And that's, I'm not holding out that against them. It's just these places are they're so overworked. They have to cover so much with only so much staff. You know, they have troubles getting funded, etc. And a lot of the times your, your game just simply doesn't give them what they need because they have their own topics that they want to discuss. They have, here is a cave type game. It's just not going to give them the clicks that they need. How do you deal with that? Yeah, I definitely know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> Especially working, uh, helping, uh, working for Nintendo Life for a bit there. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it is really nice when you see like people like breaking through from like the really niche crowd like yourself into places like Nintendo Life, even though you know this obviously has its own problems um i remember seeing like the review of like destiny ketsui destiny in Eurogamer yes. of all places which is like yes. really cool yes and it was by uh spadgy i think and it was like holy shit this is actually like proper like actually saying good shit about this 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 game and this port it was really cool you know what was also a surprisingly good review that's a few years ago but was forbes interview or did a review of battle Garega? Rev 2016, it was actually pretty damn good. I was well, like, wow, they, Forbes. They interviewed the game disc. Yeah, I was like, wow, Forbes. <laughs> good work. There's also like problems. There's a huge problem, I think, that's facing shooting games in particular in terms of like how it fits into like the the lives of the the common gaming audience. Yeah. Shooting games really yeah. want to be a life they want to be a lifestyle genre, right? 
You play like yes, a credit here I've, and there. You I've play like said that maybe, many times. Yeah, you play like every day, etc. Or maybe every second day, etc. But at the same time, there are so many games out there that want to also occupy that space. And they use every trick in the book. They've got your leveling, you've got your battle passes, you've got your dailies, action roguelites, you've got like all your randomness, you might get an insane build one day and then um, awful dog shit the next. You've got all this stuff, which is... And- and FOMO too against the like, players. Yeah, like exactly. The whole That's... social media thing and people like okay, we're all playing Last of Us 2 this week. Oh, we're all playing this new game this really. You know, there's also like this cycle within the gaming ecosystem, I guess whatever you call it, of that, oh, yeah, this is the that. it game we're all going to play and talk about it and then move on to the next one, move on to the next one. Yeah, and how do you fit Though Donamachi to all into that schedule. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Though I'm, I'm specifically talking about like, like in game, in game like mechanics, like a battle pass, like dailies, like leveling, etc. And it is just weaponized against players to consume their time, basically because it, it works for them. So because shooting games want to occupy this space, but we're unwilling to use these awful tricks, and rightly so, it's so hard to expand an audience and even to maintain an audience. Which is why players leave the the scene all the time. Yeah, I definitely have been thinking about this a lot. As far as even on my side of things, like creating content and stuff too for shmups. How do you convey this lifestyle aspect of shmups to people who don't get it? Because like people, like you're saying, people view shmups as basically mobile games or something. It's like okay, you you play it for a few minutes, you get to stage three, you move on with your life. Oh, you know whatever. A lot of people are like that, and then. The, the, the shmup players, like you're saying, it's like a lifestyle thing, and you can't, you really can't fit a whole lot in there. So it's like you're a shmup player, you're an arcade player, you're a fighting mm-hmm. game player. You're not going to be playing WoW a bunch and all those types of things because mm. there's just not the time for it. Maybe, but at least for me, I don't have the time for that. Yeah, I mean, if you if you play like like any big multiplayer game these days, you're on the unenviable path of like having two battle passes to level at the same time, and it's like. Mate, I can't even wash my dishes at the same time as all this shit. How am I going to play actually good video games, you know? Yeah, and it's crazy, like you're saying, where they're, they keep, they're pushing further and further down this. Yeah. Like you're saying, they want, I'm not even sure why, I guess, to make you buy DLC and make you buy microtransactions, yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, it's, it's all predicated <laughs> on just putting you in front of their storefront all the time. The new Call of Duty game, well, the, the current Call of Duty game, that shuffles its store every every day. So they want you in there every day just to see, oh, look, I can buy a gun with weed leaves on it. Awesome. I'll Maybe I'll do that. I don't know. And yeah, because... because think about it in the past, too. This has really been on my mind. I'm going to make a video about this. How when you look at games like Metal Gear Solid 2, even like the bigger published studios, they didn't give a sh- how long you played Metal Gear Solid 2. Mm. Who cares? You we sell you the game, you buy the game, we got our money, we're making Metal Gear Solid 3, you you play Metal Gear Solid 2 and enjoy it. There isn't like this whole, okay, we need to micromanage you and keep an eye on you, like, hey, keep playing, keep playing, we need more time in the game. You know what I mean? There's like this whole different there was, there aspect. Was, there was friction in those days, even, with the rental market, which is why, you know, in the case of Metal Gear Solid, European Extreme difficulty exists, because there was a sensation of having to make games much harder for the Western audience because renting games was so much more common there. But these days, it That's is awesome. laser-focused. <laughs> it awesome. is weaponized. 
Did you not know that? Well, I did know that, but I did not know it was because of renting. I thought mm. it was just because they're like, you know, no, screw no. it. But no, that's ja the, actually the Japanese... funny thing is, though, isn't that kind of cool? Because we got European Extreme, which is my favorite way to play Metal Gear Solid. So oh, it's kind of definitely. like, even but if it just... was a negative, it ended up being kind of a positive for the player. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just saying that this is this has always been like, um, you know, games have always kind of vied for the um, player's time in a way, but. Now it is laser focused. It is just weaponized in a kind of terrifying sense. I I don't know how we escape that. It doesn't I seem to like, be abstaining from it. Yeah, I feel like the only way to do it, especially because it's interesting where I'll watch my fellow YouTubers and like much bigger YouTubers and stuff like that talking about like Jim Sterling. I watch his channel a bunch talking about all their concerns and problems with the industry and all this stuff. And I always wonder, like, what point do these people realize you just got to walk away from it and just start? Like, for me, I'm almost exclusively play and buy indie indie games now. And it's mm. not because and it's not because I'm, oh, it's this big ethical thing. Yeah. yeah, or, yeah. Oh, I think it's so it's like moral or no, it's just mainstream games do not give me what I want anymore. It, it's boring to me. Like, I, I bought a game like a, a more recent game, and I was sitting down, even Metal Gear Solid Five, which I did like, but I remember playing Metal Gear Solid Five, and there's that whole first mission where it's like basically this two, like an hour tutorial. I'm like, what the f*** is this? Like, yeah. Or like the RPG stuff, like all that stuff now, like I'm a lot less tolerant to it because I spend all my time playing shmups and fighting games and like arcade games. Mm. And so I, when new games are coming out, I literally cannot play them because I get bored within an hour and I'm like, okay. So I almost exclusively do indie and play indie games and stuff. And so I'm wondering if that's just what needs to happen for people within our interest. We just need to kind of just walk away from the mainstream gaming altogether I mean, and just play and buy indie games exclusively. Even indie, indie games are not inoculated from this. I even see like randomness in action roguelites as part of this problem, where it is kind of... I'm not a big fan. Stealing, st almost like stealing mastery from the player and just playing on various compulsions in the brain, various like brain elements. You could talk about the Skinner box, you could talk about all sorts of things here. So I, I don't think indies can even inoculate themselves from it. You can abstain, and you can, make, you can gain a little bit of an audience doing that. But it is so hard to expand an audience and to maintain it. Is basically what I'm saying. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm wondering. I guess the the more optimistic outlook, I guess, is if there just comes a point. I actually don't know if this will happen. I guess, but mm. if there comes a point where a lot of gamers literally just get bored of the mainstream stuff, and it's not like this big, oh, like I said, this big revolution or anything. It's just over time, people are like, okay, this is actually, you know what I mean? It's kind of like. Star Wars, it's like, okay, we went and saw Force Awakens, we went and saw the sequel trilogy, and it's like, okay, am I really going to go see the next Star Wars movies? For me, I'm like, no. They've exhausted this interest out of me, and I wonder mm -hmm. if mainstream gaming is going to go down that road. It's like, people are literally going to be like, okay, I'm bored of Call of Duty now, I'm bored of Last of Us, or whatever. Like, I, mean, I want a real game. There's a whole media section, which is and, and streaming and so on, which is also part of this, which is just uh, tasked with pushing these games onto people. I don't think that, talking about like Battle Royale games, I don't think people would have chosen to play Battle Royale games of their own accord because if you describe the concept to someone, it kind of sounds like it sucks, you know? Oh, it's all up to luck? Oh, I'm mostly just running around fields? 
and not like actually interacting with people. That sounds awful, but it's it was pushed on people by streamers, by um, by publications, etc., and consequentially became very popular. Yeah, that is interesting how that works, isn't it? How much what we play is part of that ecosystem. Like I guess I was talking about earlier. Like that's why I almost wonder if a lot of these controversies around games and stuff, like Final Fantasy VII remake and Last of Us Two ultimately just benefit the games in the end because it gets them so much you know it makes it like the it thing it's like oh shit okay this game's game's causing heat i gotta check it Mm, out right yeah like all the people who hate hate final fantasy 7 remake or whatever are spending like hundreds of hours talking about it and (laughs) complaining about it's like wow you you are putting a lot of uh time onto this game you know what i mean even if you're being negative yeah definitely but we we talked about this. This is some. There's this particular topic I want to talk about, which is Steam itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you Blue Revolver's on Steam. It is also on itch.io. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a video I'm going to be making very here soon. And I want to get your your opinion on this. What do you think about Steam as a platform versus something like Itch? Because I've been trying, and especially in the new video, trying to sort of nudge people into considering. Okay, maybe you should check out the Itch versions and check out these versions because. Steam takes a hefty cut of your sales, 30%. That's crazy. So mm-hmm. what's your perspective on this? Um, maybe I'll, I'll, I guess I'll break this down to three points, which is the first one entirely technical. Steam's backdoor tools are a mess. They are awful. They are old. It is like, I'm going to use a gun metaphor here. They're like a high point C9, right? It works, but it is thoroughly debasing to use. Whereas itches. Than like backdoor tools, they are modern, flexible. You can just upload your game on a web form if you like, or you can like generate patches, etc. With their command line tools, it's a blessing to work with. Even stuff like leaderboards, Steam's functionality on that is underbaked, even at this point. Like, there's no way for me to say, "Hey, Steam, if someone says they have a score of nine hundred quadrillion or whatever." maybe that's not a legit um, high score and you should reject that. No, they will not let you do that. You have to implement your own infrastructure to do that. And at that point, it's like, mate, you get 30%. Like, what am I giving you money for if I don't even get stuff like that? So there is that. And real quick on the 30%, because I mentioned, just mentioned this in one of my videos. And it's Mm -hmm. like, talking ish on Steam is, I feel kind of like the equivalent of talking ish on Nintendo. Like, there's some real steam lovers out there like if you talk you know what i mean you gotta mm-hmm. those have something to say is what i'm getting at and i remember some i was saying you know hey you know steam's taking a hefty 30 percent. that seems especially for the small you know market of indie shmups and stuff like that that seems pretty crazy for what they're giving and one person's counter argument was that that 30 percent was worth it because if you're getting sales on steam they're going to push your game in an algorithm and it's going to be more discoverable and you'll get more sales and it'll like snowball. Is that at all true in your experience? There was a talk in 2019, a guy that represented a company called No More Robots, which is an indie publisher, and that was specifically looking at Steam. 78% of released titles made less than $5,000 in their first year. Ask them how well the algorithm worked for them. And then you might say, okay, all those games were probably trash, which is like, okay, guy, sure. Um, Even once you take all these out of the equation, 
your median game sells like 1500 copies and it makes 16k that's after you've like taken the chaff from the wheat the algorithm whatever that is it is not helping people in terms no, of the revenue because i did not find i did not find blue revolver via the algorithm no. i found blue revolver via the shmup community yeah in terms and of I was revenue on Steam split, long before that <laughs> the main thing the main problem that a lot of people have with the revenue split is that it is non-progressive and it is just fixed in stone like if you're using all of steam's like features like all of their platform if you have like a multiplayer game and you're using all of their like matchmaking stuff and you're using mods like modding tools etc and all of this stuff then maybe there's more of a case to be made for the 30 percent. but no or if, if you your have game their, is if like you have a... five or 100 gigs or something too, yeah like... exactly so there is that and also it's not progressive so these games that made less than five thousand dollars which is not even like rent um steam still takes their 30 percent even though that is like just killing them basically um it should be like up until this point we'll take nothing up until this point we'll take a little bit more we'll take a little bit more we'll take a little bit more that's how it should work but there's no way to discuss this with them because steam has all the leverage people have like right. this, there's just this massive like vendor lock-in like if you use steam all your friends are on Steam. All your games are on Steam. All the reviews, the discussion, that's on Steam. All the game guides are on Steam. All of the mods want to be on Steam. And so no wonder people like defend this platform so ardently. All of their shit is on it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the, the feeling I, I kind of get to because I personally am very ambivalent about Steam from a consumer side where it's like, okay, it's on Steam, it's not on Steam. I really don't care. I personally... I found this uh, app or whatever called Play Night. It's kind of like a free game launcher or whatever. I like it a lot. And I just get my itch games or my whatever just downloaded from DL site for some shmups and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And just use that and launch it. And I personally like it better because Steam has all those sort of like, oh, you got to connect to Steam. You got to get in there. You got to launch it. Um, it just feels like for me, from even a user perspective, what is Shmeep? steam doing for the shmupper like what does steam mm. give you that you can't get off an itch.io right like you're saying for instance with uh are you not doing like multiplayer and all that sort of thing or the steam leaderboards i don't even i had this huge yeah kerfluffle with down makulum to three in the damn steam leaderboard so i don't have warm feelings towards that either okay. so yeah. what was that just, well what it is is that Don Machine Limited 3 does not have any in-game leaderboards that are like they have your own personal in-game mm -hmm. leaderboard, but it doesn't have like right. other people's scores in game. So I assumed there was no Steam leaderboards because, you know, there's no in-game indicator of that or anything like that, and it's not that easy to find. So the so I was going off of the forum and I was going off of like the shmup community and like Pazzy's replays. And so I ended up beating a certain um mode beating Pazzy's score in it in Shmup mm -hmm. Slam 3 and for a year or so I thought I had well until Shmup Slam 3 I thought I had the highest score because I couldn't find any higher scores on the farm on the French website anywhere online mm -hmm. I and I was higher than all the other replays on YouTube I was like okay I have the the record score for this it's true spirit mode and I achieved it live on Slam 3 and I was really hyped and I was all excited about it and then people afterward were like, 
oh, you didn't check the Steam leaderboards. You you know, you're you're lying. You're a liar. You don't have the real score. The the highest score is Pazzy's ridiculous score on the Steam uh... leaderboards. And I'm like, what Steam leaderboards? And then I open up the game, I'm like, there is no Steam leaderboards. And then of course, like if you dig into Steam somewhere, you right. can find these there's Steam like leaderboards. A view of it, basically. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Man. That sucks. And there's well, the another thing too is I don't think Pazzy cheated. But there is no replay of his score, and it's mm. like this massive score. So it's like, okay, well, I guess we'll never know how Pazzy got that score. Yeah, the re- it's also like, you probably don't know this, but um, the, uh, like re- like leaderboards and replays, they were delayed on Blue Revolver's launch. They just were not ready for a fair amount of time because, um, because of problems that I've went into on my own like ratings, etc. And like the leaderboards, that's fairly simple to implement. But there's literally no point in having leaderboards without replays. There's literally no point, in my opinion. Yeah, I you got to get the replays in there. I agree. Like you can fake a replay, sure, but it's you know it's it's still like that's that's at least work, you know. Well, you have something to work off of too, right? Like mm-hmm. like with the like let's say that name was not Pazzy's, it was Sir John sixty nines with his mother. Okay, and I just have to say okay. Uh, well, according to Steam, Sir John 69s has the highest score. There's no video. There's no replay. Yeah. We just have to kind of assume. And you can easily cheat in Don Malcolm Unlimited 3 by just, uh, if you go into your, you can just slow down the frame rate. Okay, I'm playing at, yeah. you know, you know, uh, Pericles style. I'm playing at half speed now. I'm playing at <laughs> one fourth speed. So, and there's no verification without any sort of replays or anything like that. And the nice thing about Blue Revolver is it's in the game. So you can open Blue Revolver and Kiwi scores there. Whoever's highest score is there. It's mm-hmm. not like this hidden aspect that's not hinted to anywhere and you have to go dig it up somewhere. And Yeah, so I don't have a soft spot for Steam leaderboards in any case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The final thing about Steam I don't like is the sales culture. Um, yeah, talk about that. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one for years. Anyway, um, so people are, have now have been trained to wait for deep discounts on any arbitrary game, just because that's how it's worked on Steam for like so long. Crimson Clover for a dollar fifty. Crimson Clover for a dollar fifty. People won't get out of bed for more than fifty percent at least. They won't even look at the price; they'll look at the percentage, which is. F- <laughs> They've been trained oh, I, to do I this. I imagine it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. They've been trained to do this by, you know, big games and the fact that Steam has ran these events for years and years and years. And, you know, you, you, you have to take part because this is where your bread this is your bread and butter. You've got your launch week, which is usually a disaster for most people, and then you've got sales events. So if you don't take part in this constant devaluing of your own work, you're not gonna come away with anything. Um, and as a result, pricing is becoming a problem again. Used to be like you make an Xbox Live arcade game, that's ten dollars. It's ten dollars. That's received wisdom. It's ten dollars. Awesome. You know what you're getting. Now people are like, oh, this game that I've worked on for so long, this awesome game is ten, fifteen, maybe. And everyone, I've talked to devs who are now thinking of. Releasing at five. I'm not kidding. Like at no, $5. no, 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 no. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> do that not a, do that. <laughs> that is a 
that that's is horrible. The nail in your own coffin. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, you're like stressing out over this, and then you just look at the a lot of your audience, and they're just going, "Price it whatever the f you want, mate. I'm only paying half, probably less." So really you've got two strategies, which is to be like Factorial, which is an insanely popular game, which is why they were able to do this and just say, we're never doing sales. The game is this amount of money, take it or leave it. If you don't, if you can't afford it, pirate it. I really it. respect a that a lot. Yeah, I really was, respect that a lot. But they were only able to do that because they were so popular and they were able to get that message out there. Or you can inflate the base price of your game, which can, which is kind of punishing the people that are supporting you at launch yes uh, which you know it's it's really not a happy place any anyway so i think the steam sales culture has basically we've been shooting ourselves in the foot for a long time especially well, in who, indies. who this, benefits this, this shit hurts from indies. the steam sales steam it's, it's steam of course like it's you know what's crazy about steam yeah it's people don't see this is that they're basically they're taking 30 percent, and then they're also deeply discounting their games they're just the middleman they're just pushing the more they push, the more they make. They don't give it, like yeah. how much you make. So no? yeah, I hate the the Steam sale culture as well because it's basically you guys are on the verge of becoming YouTubers. You're getting damn close to being like, okay, I'm releasing Blue Revolver Double Action and I'm opening a Patreon. So <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are getting that close because I'll see yeah Crimson Clover for dollar fifty. I'm like, what the. F <laughs> like i'll tell you the real like dystopia which is coming it is imminent it's like shark fins sticking out of the ocean um subscription services these oh, are getting shit. more and more traction you've got like your humble choice your ea play your playstation plus and your xbox game pass and that is becoming like synonymous with the console now if you buy like two years of game pass they'll give you like the primo like big boy xbox yeah, i can't and you know think what's of many crazy games. is like youtube when I look at my, I'm always looking at other YouTubers. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Is uh, everyone, all YouTubers look at this extreme, well, a lot of them anyway, look at this as very positive because they're looking from the consumer side, right? It's like we're getting mm. access to all these loads of games or whatever. And they also go into the, they have this lifestyle of play the next hot game, move on. Mm. So for them, this is a great idea because it's like, okay, I would spend $60 on a game that I play once and move on from. Then I spend another 60, play once, move on from. But if I do a subscription, I'll just play it once, move on, get it on to the next hot one, play it once, move on. I can make videos for each game. I can upload, you know, I can make rev yeah. more revenue this way. But for like the game developers, for the indie shmup developers and the indie developers, it's like, yeah, now it's like you're competing with this model and you're trying to sell. It's just pushing every, it's devaluing everything. I, I can't think of many games that are less well equipped for subscription services than shooting games. I, I can't. 
maybe like <laughs> like two hour story games. That's it. It's a ramshaggle and it's gonna happen. Now, what'll happen is that there's gonna be some nice like honeymoon deals for a short generation of games. Like think what's going on with the Epic Game Store right now. But after that, Spotify wages. Right, if you know yeah. any musician and you'd like talk to them, like you say, hey, how well did Spotify work out for you guys? And after you pick up all of your teeth from the floor, they will tell you it didn't work out so well for us. Well, isn't it kind of like Steam, where the music publishers are making monies, but they're not passing it on to the, yeah, yeah. the artists at all? Yeah, and it has a transformative effect on the kinds of games that can even exist. Like, people are designing their music for Spotify, in a sense. People will have to design their games for subscription services. That might mean, like, everyone now goes free-to-play because, like, it dodges the problem, in a sense. Or they move heavier into microtransactions, etc. Or they waste more of your time because the subscription services pays, like, per minute of game time, or, or so on, or so on. Okay, so let's say I'm hired as your greasy, grimy agent. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, Dambo, you're making Blue Revolver double action. Mm -hmm. You you have all these ethics about being a schmub player, blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit. We need to make money on this motherfucker. Mm -hmm. So we need to transform this game to fit into this market better. So what changes are we going to make? Like, okay, we got to get microtransactions in there somehow. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're actually going to start seeing this? I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen from like, you know, the hardcore shmup boys, but we're going to, you can see like people coming into shmup. What aspects are you going to see? I guess cosmetics first, right? Like, oh, shooting games different... are always going to be like passion projects. So you're probably not going to see that from these. They'll just like basically wither up and die. Yes. Oh, well, that's, that's dramatic, but they'll just not get any money. Like I was saying before, you'll get this. one, one release per developer because it's like, mm -hmm. this was my, this was it. And then, you know, I need to move on with my life. This so. was it, and then subscription services came in and they say, ah, this is nice. How about we take all of the money and then we don't give you any? You want to do something else? Tough. That's, this is just how people consume games now. Um, the, the like bigger indie games, they're probably... You'll probably see something of a transformation there. You'll see more like more currencies introduced probably, depending on the individual developer, like roguelites, they're pretty well suited for implementing things like battle passes or cosmetics even. You yes. can see that working pretty easily. Yeah, what about like the platformers? Because, you know, 2D platformers are still kind of the a, a big bread and butter genre. Hmm. The the Hollow Knights, the Shovel Knights, those types of games. Well, uh, what do you think? Not... What do you think on those? Those aren't really like a, a genre that I have like I'm super super into so i couldn't really say um if they can make it work they will probably make it work some of those are probably going to be passion projects where they're just unwilling to take part in this but i don't know but do you think yeah so i i definitely agree with these are my issues with steam as well like you're saying they're they're definitely strong arming indie developers and there mm -hmm. seems to be a strange unwillingness for people to kind of criticize that and i think probably because like you're saying it's like the only game in town it's like steam like steam it means you like epic and then that means you're a chill for china or something like that that's or, that's the the vibe i get lately or people will say oh you're just a fool you don't understand how the game works you don't understand you know what i mean mm -hmm. i was getting comments about this when i was just mentioning this in one of my videos 
about, oh, well, you, you obviously don't understand that this is the way you succeed is by playing Steam's game, basically. And there are, of course, examples where Steam worked out for indie devs, but those are the examples you see. And then there's the, the mm-hmm. thousands of indie games that are crushed under their boots <laughs> that you never, never Pretty see. Much, yeah. yeah, and like YouTubing, too. People see the when people give me YouTubing advice, it's like, well, you're seeing the massive successes in YouTube, but you don't see because yeah. I'm starting to see more and more channels around my size, just how they're crushed under YouTube's boot all the time. So, yeah, survivorship bias It's that old picture of the planes that came back with the uh, all the holes in them. And they said, let's put the armor there because the, <laughs> right. the planes that didn't get shot there, those ones didn't come back. Right, exactly. Right, exactly. There's so, a there's a joke to be made of a hitboxes there. I feel, but, <laughs> you know, I've the the moment has passed. I suppose. And what's the like World War Two type game with the most egregious hitboxes? I gotta go research that. I oh suppose. my, yeah, there's one. Yeah, there's there's some out there. Um, I also wanted to ask you. So you do, I have talked to Super XYX developer. Mm-hmm. He did like itch.io quite a bit. Mm-hmm. What? Are you, so it sounds like you. You enjoy using it as well. You think it's yeah. a, a solid platform for me to basically promote for <laughs> people, like, yeah, yeah. for the indie um, developer. It's it's good in terms of technology. It's I mean it's good for players because they just give you a exe of the game, or you could use their app, which automatically updates games. You could you've got your flexibility there, which you don't get with Steam. They can't really do much about the sales culture thing because that's just been kicked into people's heads now, and it's a huge shame. But on itch, the revenue split is just a slider on the website. And you yes, say, talk about that because that fascinates me. It defaults it. to ten percent, and you can move it to zero. You can move it to a hundred, and that's just how much you want them to have of uh, what they take. Most people just let it say ten percent because that seems, that seems fair. fair. That does. That you seems know? fair. But that's um, crazy that they do that. How? If you're if you're struggling, you can put it down to zero for a little bit. You can bump it up later. It's entirely up to you, and it seems to work for them. So, like the case for Steam's thirty is ridiculous, especially I... since Steam actually lowers. And I'm sorry, I keep talking, but this is so much so insulting to me. Steam lowers their revenue split once you start selling millions of copies. They yes, lower it to is... twenty five. They lower it to. I think it's 25. I'm pretty sure it's 25 because they want to keep their relationship with these big games. So they're subsidizing the big games off the back of the small games that aren't making, that are barely making like $5,000. Yeah, anyway. that's exactly what I was going to say when I yeah. saw that revenue split. I'm like, that seems hella backwards to me. But of course, in the in the world of business, no, it's not because you give the lucrative deals to the mm-hmm. winners. Yeah. And you give the shit deals to the losers, basically. It's like, okay, you're basically going nowhere. We don't care if you leave. We don't care if you're crushed by your finances. Mm-hmm. We'll just take your money and move on. But then you get like, you know, like Epic comes in. Oh, okay, we're going to start doing kind of revenue splits. And like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Capcom. Hold on a sec, Capcom. <laughs> you can stay. We'll, we'll, we'll drop this down for you or whatever, mm. whatever the developer is. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's so it's so clearly illustrates their priorities right it's it feels more insulting than if they're just like 30 percent. we don't give a shit we want your money we don't care who you are but when they start giving kinder splits to larger games it's like what the hell is going on here it's just a very egregious display that 
it has absolutely no relationship with their costs. Like your tiny little indie game that's maybe like one gigabyte. Yes, yeah, exactly. To, is gigabyte the correct pronunciation? Gigabyte, gigabyte. Doesn't matter. It was funny, so that's all, it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> gigabyte. I'm gonna keep saying gigabyte. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm through the looking glass now. I see through the bullshit. So yeah, it's just it has absolutely no relationship with their own costs, with the value their platform provides. It is just rent seeking. It's just rent seeking. Yeah, exactly. People are saying that they're giving all these justifications for that 30%. It's like, yes, if you were XXX, you know, you have a 60 gigabyte game, you you could have benefited from their gigabyte game. You could benefit from their algorithm in some way, like if you're this really mainstreamish title. But if you're an indie niche shmup where you're like you're saying you have a fixed audience, why would you just give 30% basically for doing everything yourself? And then mm-hmm. Steam just, you know, uploads it for you. Where you can go to itch. I think you probably would agree that it's probably wise to have availability on both. Oh, definitely. But from my but from my perspective as being like someone trying to point people in a direction, I'd want to point them to itch because it's just you're giving way more money. Uh you're getting paid sooner from what I hear. And it's just gonna be you know, you're maximizing your revenue more than yeah, if you're yeah. just throwing 30 percent away to steam for the hell of it yeah um generally like what you see is uh, people that have both like steam and itch itch is like five to ten percent of their sales and obviously we are very grateful for people that buy our game on any platform i, I don't want to i've been i've been ranting so much about the platforms but the individual players if you're supporting us that's awesome I, that's great but yeah it's like five to ten percent of your sales, even though like, you know, what is the actual difference in the platform? Yeah, okay, leaderboards. That's fine. But even that is kind of a niche feature. Yeah, and, and the, the reason and is because Blue of this Revolver, insane lock-in. Yeah, and Blue Revolver has built-in leaderboards in the game. So like in replays and all that stuff. So uh replays but online leaderboards are exclusive to Steam because <laughs> I'm lazy. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Okay, because I can't be bothered to host a server just for that and, and all these sorts of things. But what I, what I was talking about too is uh, I think one reason that itch has such low sales percentage, of course, is I think one thing that can help is just people don't know it exists, and so that's yeah, yeah. one thing I'm trying to accomplish is just let them know that there's this option. You can choose, you know, if you want the Steam version, you can or the itch version. But I just think a lot of people do not know the itch version even exists, so that's why I've been trying to bring more attention to it. It's like, hey. If you want to give a juicier cut to the indie developer, which I personally would definitely do, then check yeah, to see like, if there's uh, the itch version. Buy that, and then uh, yeah, it's like buying free range, right? Buying organic, <laughs> yes. something like that. Yes, exactly. I think that's a good comparison. So there's one other thing that I want you to give your expertise on that mm-hmm. is a big concern, especially as of late, which is the decision for an indie shmup developer to publish independently or to find Mm. a publisher i want your insight on this i haven't worked with indie publishers outside of a few talks here and there but um and this is this is where the tent takes a real downer because there's so many examples of just bad actors in that space obviously it's not representative of the whole it's a minority but they exploit developers there's like harassment sexual harassment all these awful sorts of things so just going off that it's a risk straight up and short of giving you like cash up front, which most publishers 
can't or won't do, what do you get in return? Even a company yes, exactly. that has like a massive war chest for marketing and promotion would struggle to market a shooting game. Big like streamers and content creators, they avoid shooting games like The Plague because there's nothing in it for them. You can't like, do you know Avoiding the Puddle? Yes. Paris, et cetera. Yes. He, likes, he talks about Twitch acting a lot, which is illuminating. And he specifically talked about a shooting game once that like one of his moderators made or something. And he said, I would love to stream this, but like, I just can't. I can't Twitch act. I can't interact with people. There's, there's no point. So even a company that has a massive truckload of money would struggle to market a shooting game through the usual like channels. So what do you get? They take some of the money. They put yes. their name on your game. Unless I can find a publisher where it's like, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I love that. What's the point? That's what I've been trying to talk about, too. So just from the financials perspective, there's always, like you say, there's that huge risk. Because personally, I would never do that. But that's just my mentality. I'm very like self-published anyway. Mm -hmm. But even just if you're willing to kind of, with shmups specifically, I cannot see a huge benefit that they could possibly... The only thing I could see them that could possibly be worth it, which I I still question about whether it's worth it or not, is if they're saying, okay, we can get this on the Switch eShop, we can get this on the PS4 for you. Yeah, that's, but, that's, that's definitely a thing. And if I was looking at consoles, then I would say, is there a publisher here that can help absorb the upfront costs of getting like a dev kit that can offer like actually expertise, like QA, that sort of thing? Yeah, that makes more sense. But if you're just publishing on the PC, then you know what are you getting here yeah and i actually was i was talking to this about this before and uh i was wondering i was thinking maybe it might be possible if there was some sort of shmup community thing because i've talked to other people about this where uh, i and some other people chip in on like a dev kit for the switch and we just send it out to like people we, we trust developers mm. we trust like hey you want to make a switch port here's the dev kit and we just like, send it to them I don't know what red tape would be involved in that, but I could see that being, you know, and there's no publishing deal or anything like that. It's just like a community thing. It's like, oh, you want to mm. use our community dev kit? Here you go. We'll send it to you. I don't really have many eyes on the, the insights of console dev. I just know that it's a money sink. It's a time sink. There's all sorts of things that you wouldn't have to think about otherwise. And personally, I don't give a shit about putting games on consoles. It's, well, it's I not get really your something that's interesting to me. So you don't think just purely monetarily that there's enough reward for doing that like getting blue revolver on the switch could i would see it as a risk a risk okay you know a risk there or a gamble it's saying like you know there is financial outlay there's time outlay there's all these sorts of things and you're expected to absorb these costs and if what if it costs does... are you are you having because i don't know i, I want to mm -hmm. learn more like what costs are you having to absorb if you're like okay blue revolver on the switch let's do this what on your side are you having to pay for i'm assuming like the dev kit but are there other things besides that like i say i don't have a lot of eyes on this process i just hear it again and again and again where it's like yeah we we're, we're chasing console dev and it's, it, it ain't free there used to be oh. a time where like dev kits were being sent out for free that 
gold rush might have dried up by now. I'm probably the oh. wrong person to ask about this. So there's like, so admit. maybe there's some kind of like licensing Nintendo fees where they're gonna hit you yeah, with a probably. fee, like, hey, you want to get on the store, you gotta pay I mean, five grand or some crazy shit. Nintendo have built this this platform that people really like. Why shouldn't they charge developers to use it? You know that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. On top of the cut they take on the the, the store. Anyway, like I say, I'm I'm gonna keep coming back to this, which is just that I don't have so much expertise on console dev, so I can't really say much. That's unfortunate too, because you'd think from a console perspective, it's like, well, we want more games on our platform that gives value to our platform. But you know, like you said, they're always gonna be okay. We need to shake you down for some money here or there, which sucks. That good to know though. I'm, that's mm-hmm. something I'm gonna look into more, seeing if there's some kind of some kind of way to help. People do that if they're interested in it. Mm-hmm. So the last thing I want to ask you about is what are your personal future plans with indie developing, shmupping, Blue Revolver, all that good stuff? So I have struggled with severe mental health issues for some time now. I've finally been assigned some uh, formal help, medical help. It's only been recent and it is very slow going right now because of pandemic, etc. Oh yeah. Um, so my focus right now is obviously on recovery, feeling like I can I can actually do the work that needs to be done on double action. So I would like to say again, I'm sorry that it's just not happening right now. It will appear in one form or another eventually. It might be underwhelming after all this time, but it will be there. You know, just sorry. Going after that, I would like to make at least one more shitting game to like I said earlier, advance the concepts in Blue Revolver. I would also like to play around with the structure of things a little bit, where if you buy like a arcade shooting game right now, then the kind of 25 minute 1cc run, which is awesome and great, that's the start, middle and end. What if for beginners that was presented as like the end of a process, where if you're just like completely newcomer, you've never played a shooting game before in your life, the game plays more like a training montage, right? Where you're gearing yourself up for this run, right? Where you're training yourself. Um, so that's something I'm really curious about presenting while still making it so that, you know, if you're like a hardcore player, then you can come in and be like, OK, I could just play this like any other game or I can, you know, train myself. I can enjoy all these extra features. that if i was able to make like a survival horror game and maybe an earth defense force style game i would be a very happy person on my deathbed whenever that comes that would be crazy survival horror like a resident evil like a like a resident evil type game or something different yeah yeah, resident evil pretty much which one um, which one would be the main inspiration i guess so i really like resident evil remake i think it's 
probably my third favorite game of all time. The one on the um, cube? Yeah, the one on the cube. Um, Hell yeah. Hey, the cube, you know. Um, <laughs> I think it just has it so much brilliant. It just has so much brilliant design in that game. Um, I would probably, I would probably forgo static camera angles, maybe have a little bit stronger gunplay, but something like that where it's very resource oriented. You've got this small environment where it's so intimate. You're dodging stuff, you're dodging zombies, etc. You have to shooting something is like, oh no, what have I done? More than anything, because you've just escalated the problem basically in remake. So that would be the main inspiration in terms of gameplay. That would be really cool. Would you have to start going into like 3D development for that, or how would you uh, approach that? I mean, we are talking like quite a while in the future because, right. you know, but yeah, it would probably be a 3D game of some description. But I mean, I've, I've, hey, hey, this ain't my first rodeo. I've made yes, a game true. in, I've made a game in Unity which was about rocket jumping and um, shooting Utah teapots while John Carmack appears in the corner and says, you did a really good job. <laughs> so it sounds like you, you know, you've been dabbling in that sort of thing. For me, uh, I can kind of do some Game Maker 2D stuff okay-ish. Mm-hmm. So, like, 3D to me is like, oh my god, now, yeah, we're, getting, now we're getting scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, super impressive. Just speaking on topic of 3D gaming, if you, ever get, if you ever get into the flow, I would love to see more, like, rail shooter shit come out that's just legit okay. at, just in the right hands like a sin and punishment sin and punishment yes like love rail shooters so much and it's it sucks because they're like shmups even more because they're even more obscure or even more like mm. besides star fox 64 and stuff like that yeah like, like people care I, I don't even I, give a shit about them even the shmup players so it's like oh, i'd love to see more rail shooters as a rule, like I'm one of these awful stubborn fools that doesn't like most Nintendo games, and like whenever people mention them, I like screw up my face. But when I think of Star Fox 64, I'm like, the best. man, why aren't there it's like the a best. million games like this? This is tight as fuck. Shoot, I'm taking damage. Star Fox 64 is like so fuck good, and, what's and there's funny, so many what... con- there's so many concepts you could take from shooting games and massage them into that, and you might have something really cool in. Yeah, Imagine and, you know, like Battle Garega, but a real sure. Jesus. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And the thing about Star Fox 64 too that I find very funny is it's one of the least popular among like yeah. Nintendo fans. And you say, oh, that's not true. I've watched so many Star Fox 64 reviews and done videos on it and stuff. And Star Fox Zero, I felt was like crazy mistreated and underrated and stuff. And it's just people think Star Fox 64 is flying to Andros and killing him on like just route one and that's mm. star fox 64 like you didn't beat star fox 64 you didn't even metal expert mode like there's so <laughs> much more to that game that people never even touch like expert yeah. mode meddling yeah it, that game was just way too cool for most nintendo players i feel like <laughs> it's just way <laughs> that's too how good. you feel after your nintendo live uh, life um reviews i suppose a I scathing hatred i felt that way a lot about I like Nintendo a lot, the cube, and then after the cube, I'm like, that's where things start to get iffy for me with Nintendo, like, where they went more, you know, they dumb things down a lot. Mm. How do you feel about the Sin and Punishment game that was on the Wii? Badass, dude. Sin and Punishment Star Successor? Star Successor, and that's what it is. Hell yes. So, Nintendo didn't make that game. It's on the Wii, but Nintendo didn't make it. You know, it was, that's probably the one Wii game that I would want to (laughs) play. I actually like some Wii games because there's some 
like games like, on uh, there. The trauma center games, I suppose, even though that that works way better on like the DS, I suppose. Yeah, and I do like so I actually have a bit of a soft spot for the Wii just for the rail shooting aspect of it because mm. uh, there are some rail shooters on there, and you can play Resident Evil Four with like light gun mechanics and shit. And I'm like, okay, I'm dig- I'm digging. That's like the okay. coolest part of the Wii is the light gun aspect of it. Other than that, yeah. I have big, <laughs> no. I have big opinions on Resident Evil Four too, but this this has gone on for like long, so <laughs> yes. maybe we shouldn't get into that. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Anyway, any final topics you want to talk about before we end the um, podcast? Maybe I'll just ask a few like kind of random fun questions, if that's okay. Hell yeah, let's do it. What's your favorite Euro shmup? Euro shmup? Oh. Your favorite Euro shmup. After much thought, Mark could not come up with a single example. Weeks later while editing this podcast, Mark decided that his favorite Euroshmup is Robotech on the Game Boy Advanced. Mark loves Robotech and just wishes the game wasn't so jank. Proper, proper Euroshmup. Yes, I'm trying to think because I have a real low tolerance for Euroshmup, so it's hard for me. Um, there's, like a, there's like a trifecta of games I think of when I think of Euroshmups. Okay, give me yours, because I'm, I'm, the problem Which with Euroshmup well, is I play him for like five seconds, I'm like, screw this shit, and I move on. Well, when I think Euroshmup, I think of old forum threads, where it'd be like, here's the shmup mega thread, everyone. Okay. And then the first post would be like, oh man, who here has played Raptor called the Shadows and DOS? That game was awesome, it's the best shmup. <laughs> oh, okay, well, is like Defender a Euroshmup? Uh... Oh, Jesus, is a hot dog a sandwich? I don't or, know. Okay, anyway. there's this, okay, okay, I got one for you, though. Okay. There's this one on the Switch called Aqua Kitty DX. That's like a Defender style. I have that on, I have that on my uh, Vita. I, a, I like that one. That one's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of Euro schmuppy, but I like it. I have a kind of soft spot for Terrian because that is one of those old DOS games that just has so much stuff in it. Right. It is like, it's, it's not really that fun to play. But it's got all these modes and all these insane secret features, like Christmas mode, or all these <laughs> bonus levels, or a mode where, like, it's a two-player mode and one guy flies the ship around and another guy aims. It is pretty nuts in that respect. There's just so much stuff in that game that you kind of have to respect it. Raptor is a boring, boring game in comparison. What are your favorite so, Euroshmups? Because I'm drawing blanks here. I, like I said, Terrian is the game that I have a kind of soft spot for. Is Azure Lane a Euro shmup, I wonder? 
maybe that's a philosophical question. <laughs> what yeah. is a Euro shmup? Yeah. Um, which forthcoming project are you keen to see the most? Because there's been quite a there's there's well, quite a like a there's you, a lot of projects in the pipeline you, right now. You I think. know the answer to that. Okay. Blue revolver double. No action. no 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 no. Shut up. Shut, <laughs> shut up. Ah! Oh. I'm not lying. I'm serious. No no. no. Mm. <laughs> okay. Other than Apart double action. That. Apart from other that. Other than double action. Oh, of course, Fire Lancer. Hell yeah. I had, a lot, I had a, so much fun with Fire Lancer at uh, Hell Stunfest. yeah, Fire Lancer, had, for sure. It was on like a cabinet, and I was like, this game... Did you play the demo? Plays. Yeah, it was like, it was a, well, I think it was a special build of it for the uh, thing. And I did play the demo in my own time as well. Um, but yeah, I, I just found myself playing more of that game than I really thought I would at Stunfest. And yeah, there's I, quite I, a lot of games coming in the pipeline right now that you've got like, uh, what is that game? Cannibal Star Astra, Bullet Sorceress, all these indie games. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm I played the demo of Demon, Demonizer recently, which is Demonizer. Kinda... Yep, I want to. I want to play that one. That game's kind of uh, cool. It's there's got... also there's also this Star Fox ish one. Oh, that's yeah. It's a 3D rail shooter Star Fox ish game that's supposed to be coming out pretty soon next year. Ex Zodiac. EX I want to try that Zodiac. one out. Okay, because I love Star Fox and I need more of that in my life. If anyone announces some kind of rail shooter, I'm going to be hyped mm. if it looks remotely good because I deeply miss rail shooters. You'd uh, think, yeah, you'd think VR would be like a, an avenue for that sort of thing, but VR is just VR is just there for its own sake, I feel. Yeah, I, I'll give it a little bit more time before I form my opinion on VR. I'm, give, I'm kind of in limbo with my opinion on VR because I could see it being kind of sick and I could see it being really stupid, so... I'm letting mm. it develop before I make my judge. Yeah, I, I actually played the demo of Demonizer yesterday. I really liked the kind of Ketsui-style weapon system. The bombs suck. I hope they get changed by the developer. I have such a hard time giving feedback, but like bombs that don't give you invuln, bro, bombs that don't have give you invuln and have like a like a casting time, like a delay. Like yeah, I know blue bombs the, are the Garega yeah, like bomb. Kind of like that, even worse. Every game doesn't need to blur revolver bombs, which are like insanely overpowered and can do like a million things and then rub your hair and pat your belly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a little bit involved on the bombs. I haven't played the demo yet, but it does look cool. I want to check that out. It also, is pretty cool. Also, Boghog and Charlene are working on an indie shmup. I'm sorry, I. Mechanical Star Astra. I played I the look, demo that game of that. Looks tight. No, I played the demo of it. It was hella good. It was hella good. I was given my feedback on them. I'm like, just keep making the game. Just keep going. <laughs> I have, Don't get hit by I, a truck before you finish it. Yeah, I have such a hard time giving feedback on games because... Me too. I am I always just assume that I'm never the smartest person in the room and that like these people have their own... Um, the developer must have their own vision. And like if the game crashes when I press L, I'm like, ah, this must be a <laughs> statement on how we all must take the L in modern society and how we live in a this society, etc. This is meta commentary on meta, yeah. sale. Steam sale system. <laughs> mm. I have difficulty oh. with giving feedback too. I'm trying to do my best to do it, but I do have difficulty too because for a little bit different reasons because I have very strong opinions on things just in life that are, but they need to be kind of stupid and pointless for me to have a strong opinion. If it's like a deep, complex subject, I'm usually kind of like, okay, okay, I could see both sides. But if it's something like a movie title or gameplay mechanics or video games, I tend to have pretty strong opinions 
And I, I get worried that I'm just going to bully the developer and just my vision of what yeah, the game exactly. should be. And I'm like, I don't want to like, do that. Like, even talking about Demonizer, right? Like, there's definitely choices to be made with how your bombs work. And it feels bad to be like, hey, look, I'm the I'm the big fella here, right? I'm like six, <laughs> I'm like six foot two and quite fat, right? I think you should put hella invul on that bomb. Do it. <laughs> so it, it feels kind of bad like that. Um, yeah. Like, what, what is the difference between your personal preferences and just feedback? And the hard part, too, is that really found this, too, with the Crisis Wing, where I couldn't criticize the game because a lot of what it was doing, because what a lot of it was doing was correct for the genre of shmup it was going for, for that, like, style of shmup. Because, yeah, if put me in there, I'm just going to start morphing it into a bullet hell, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That, that's why it's tricky for me, too, because it's like, well, I'm going to start putting my personal tastes on. For instance, with Demonizer, maybe he's like, you know what? Most of the games I'm going off of don't even have bombs, so this yeah. is like something. So, yeah. yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But I All guess, right. when you get your hands on it... Okay, last question. Yeah, Final, final like, quick-fire question. And this is a, a real philosophical humdinger. Why are vertical games better than horizontal games? Because they are. <laughs> okay, I'll give you. I'll try and give you a real answer. Okay. Um, I think the way uh, the level design and the way you interact with the bullets and everything in vertical just seem to work better for our brain anatomy. That's my guess. Mm. I have a much easier time tracking bullets, reading patterns in that orientation. Where horizontally, you need to use your peripheral vision more. And my peripheral vision blows I literally sometimes cannot see all the screen at once, especially in a lot of the like 16 by 9 shmups coming out. They're shooting the bullet from the right side of the screen, and my left eye is like trying to see my ship at the same time. But I feel like with my vision, I'm able to see much. I'm able to see the, all the screen all at once vertically. Mm. That's my that's my assumption. Is I think a lot of it is the way we track the bullets with our eyes. We're much better going up and down than we are going left and right, I think. Mm. The way Let's I feel see. is that um, it's more visceral because the bullets, like, they're coming directly upon you. They're washing down on you. They're coming towards you. If you're, like, imagine, like, sitting on a cabinet. True. The bullets, yeah. like, come down towards the way you. Your eyes whereas, see it, yeah. Yeah, it, whereas on, like, a horizontal thing, you're just kind of watching them drift into some guy or witch in the terms of Death Smiles or whatever, and you're like, ah, it sucks to be that person. Yeah, it, it feels... That's like it feels less disconnected. PO it's less POV type thing. It's mm. less like your perspective. Maybe it's kind of like a first person shooter type thing too, right? It's like you're possibly you're not that far from being a first person shooter vertically, right? It's just two dimensional. I I definitely agree. Vertical is the hotness, of course. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get better at two uh, horizontals, though. I've been practicing. It's not like it's not like there's no good horizontals out there. Just saying vertical games are better than horizontal games. That yeah, I'll believe that. But I will also play Darius well, Guide until, you know, the end of yeah. things. Well, I think just uh, at least population of game-wise, there's mm. no denying that. The vertical population is crazy, <laughs> the quality of games out there. And there are good horizontal shmups, too. But I, I agree. I like the vertical orientation a lot better. I play vertically a lot better. But, uh, yeah, there are some really great horizontal shmups. I was playing one recently. I'm trying to think what it was that I really liked. Oh, Battle Traverse, of course. Ah, yes. What is your favorite horizontal shmup? Oh, let's go with your favorite shmups. Vertical and horizontal. Um, well, my favorite shooting game of all time, Kitsui. 
solid choice. It, solid it's, choice. It's just it's just can't suit. Yeah, it's a boring <laughs> choice. I don't f- care. Right? Doesn't it's matter. If it's, it's the if... best game ever designed. Okay. <laughs> um, favorite horizontal game. I mean, like Darius Gaiden is really good, but very true. It's also it's part of the reason it's good is because it feels like a like an adventure, really, like a like a journey. Um, yeah, it's like it's you're not on really like a play the game. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's not like a like a pulse pounding kind of it's sur- surreal experience. Yeah, yeah, it's more like that. Other horizontal games, I like horizontal shooting games. I mean, there's a lot of games that I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but I don't really like. I wouldn't go to them. There was a game that I played a lot in university, which is Pro Gear. Um, oh yeah, Pro Gear's I great. Really, I I really got into Pro Gear. It's probably the cave game that I'd advanced in the more. Like I got all the way to two five. Hell yeah. Um, even though that that that's like a really dark point in my life, even darker than the point I'm at right now in some ways. So I just can't play that game right. I just can't play that game anymore. The bad vibes, bad vibes of Pro yeah, Gear, man. I I, but it I know a, what you mean. It is a really nice game. I know what you mean. I I've been there with certain games too, where yeah. like it's not the game's fault, but it was at the wrong place in the wrong time. Uh, there's one feature that I probably should have put in Blue Revolver. It would be the the three waifu meters from Pro Gear, active, safe, lovely. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. What do you think about Death Smiles? Do you like that one? I'm not such a fan. I'll be honest. It's it just doesn't click for me. I must say. It's, is it the is it the turning left and right thing or what is it? I can't say. It's like if I if I like a game, it's so easy for me to say what I yes. like about it. Yes. If I, I don't like a game, it's like. I'm not even going to spend the brain energy on that. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. I've been there. One thing about Death Smiles is that I was in an HMV in like years ago, and I just remember seeing Death Smiles staring out at me. Like this is a UK record store, and there's Death Smiles here on one of the shelves, and it's like holy <laughs> shit. And then you look yeah. at it, it's like Death yeah. Smiles at all of us, and Lowly smile back or whatever the tagline was. And it's, uh... it's like, wow, we got you in the shop. <laughs> we know the secret now. Yeah, I think I actually remember. I have never seen a 360 shmup in my local stores ever, but I think mm. I saw Death Smiles one time. Like before I played shmups all that much and stuff, but I'm pretty sure I saw Death Smiles. I was like, oh, this game looks pretty crazy. I've seen Death Smiles and I think I saw DFK 1.5 somewhere. Wow. But I'm not even such a fan of DFK, I must say. But what can you do? Danger, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> that's I, not I, even, that's not such a controversial opinion these days, right? It's got like a, it's got a movement, man. DFK's hot now. It's hot. If you like DFK, more power <laughs> to you. You're my friend, but it's it's not for me. I can't, I can't go down that road, man. Well, I think too, like the thing about the, uh, the nice thing about a lot of the cave games is like you can have a lot of preferences for them because they're all pretty different from each other, but they're all, mm. they all have a baseline quality that's justifiable oh, yeah, yeah. in my, it's like, it's still good, you know? I mean, even even Dangan be... Fever on which is like probably their most jank game. I feel it's still like it's, it's like it's a legit game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to play some Dangan soon. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for coming on the secret podcast episode. Thanks I think people really enjoy this. Scream for hours. Well, that's what I'm here for. If you can't do it on my channel, where can you do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, take care, my dude. All right.
So thank you to Dingo, Handicap, Anthony A, Ben Wynn, Borgie22, Corio, Disco Star Slayer, Eric H, Full Set, Retro Schmupper, How Sue, Kiwi, JLab, JB, RPG, Joe Angelo, Gamer Guru, K, Malays, Mark Tom, Martin Whirl, Maz, Mayher, Calendrian, Queen Charlene, Nathaniel Davis, N Electron, Okla Kugels, Philip Mason, Ram Q, Raul, Smacky Factor, Sugumo, Yutukaya, and Plasma. Thanks for watching.